a verse that uh, Lord just kind of brought to my attention a couple of days ago, a few days ago, and and it's actually uh, let me find it quickly here. It's actually Acts uh, verse nineteen, chapter nineteen, verse twenty, and. I'm going to start here, and then I'll go back to the beginning here of my thoughts. But um, it says, so the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Another translation says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And, you know, I heard that verse, and I was thinking about it. I was just, you know, just kind of pondering it. And I'm thinking, you know, that's amazing, you know, that in that day, in the day of when Paul was in Ephesus, that's when this was that, you know, there was, the word of God was growing so powerfully. But let me just say, the word of God doesn't grow powerfully because God says, I want it to grow there. No, not there. I want it to grow there. Yeah, there, there, yep, 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 there. No, nope, not there. We're the ones that make the determination of whether the, the word of God is going to grow in our life, in our world, in our families, in our finances, in our health. In our days, in our future, we're the ones. Your wife isn't keeping you from growing. Your husband's not keeping you from growing. Your kids are not keeping you from growing. I understand distraction, and I understand problems, and I do, I get it. But the truth of the matter, the fact of the matter is that we all have access to the word. Let me start at the beginning here with my thought, and I'm going to try to get through this. You know, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book years ago called uh, The Tipping Point. Maybe you read it, maybe you saw it, but the crux of the whole book, uh, I remember reading this, going through this book, and there was a lot of great thoughts in this, but there was one main thing about the, the whole book brought uh, to, uh, to light, and that was that uh, small things make a big difference. Small things make a big difference. It's not, you know, well, if I just had a million dollars, I could change the world. No, you couldn't. If you had a billion dollars, you couldn't change the world. I know we'd like to try. But the thing is, it's not, it's not about how much we have in, this, in the natural. And the thing is, is, we think that those might be the tipping points in our lives to make, move our life a different direction. Maybe we would be better off. Sure, we would. Maybe we would have more toys. Maybe we would have whatever. But the thing is, it's like what causes things to change is not the, the, uh, the abundance of something in the natural. Because there's an abundance of all kinds of stuff. The thing that makes the difference in our life, I'm just going to tell you, it's the things that we tend to. The stuff we tend to. The thoughts you tend to entertain and you tend to tease out and, and you tend to put yourself in that scenario and you think about it. And let me say, it's not just good thoughts. It can be bad thoughts. You get a report from the doctor. You get a, you know, a pain or whatever and you got to go to the doctor and you, you worry and you fret and you fear. We all, we all experience this at one level or another. We all do. This is not something for weak people. This is for people. We all deal with stuff like this. But when I heard that verse, when I, uh, I've heard that verse so many times. I've read it so many times. But when I heard this verse and I heard it in this light, that the word of God 
mightily grew and prevailed. Let me tell you what's prevailing in your life, the thing that you are giving mighty attention to. If it's complaining, if it's debt, if it's the, the things that are going on in the world that are they're going to happen and this is going to take place and then our world, if, if it's that, then you know what? That's going to prevail in your life. But we have a choice, don't we? Some of us think we don't. Well, well this is the world I live in. This is, are you telling me that this isn't happening? I'm telling you that there's people today that will not make a decision for Christ and they will miss eternity because they won't make it, because hell is real, but so is heaven. The devil's real, but so is God. And I want to just go on record to say it's not like there's this awesome, amazing devil that's horribly wicked. And, and then there's the equal form of him in the form of God. And it's this amazing, loving, kind God. That's not even close to it. There's this amazing God that's beyond anything we can describe. And then there's this created being called Satan that likes to blow himself up, likes to influence us into thinking that he's all of that. But he's not. He's not. He's only as big as we allow him to be in our lives. If we allow him to, to grow and prevail in our families, in our finances, in our uh, relationships, in whatever, our health, because he wants to. John said it this morning. The devil has a plan for your life, to kill, steal, and to destroy everything and anything that he can. That's his plan. And we can say, what am I going to do about it? Say no. Say yes to God and say no to the devil because the word of God grows mightily and prevails if we let it. If we let the word of God grow, and we might go, okay, I let it. There we go. Hold on. I got to hold on to this these days. Put my, click my heels together. I've made the decision. I'm going to let it. No, no, we don't just let it. We lay hold of it. Joe and I were talking this morning. Well, let me, let me, let me look at a verse. Let's, let me just go forward. Joe and I talk all the time. We'll talk about whatever I talk about later. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse uh, 19 and 20. Let me hit a few of these verses. I want to get to Ephesians. He says, uh, verse 19 and 20, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your, li so that your descendants might live. Then he goes on. He says, you can make the choice by loving God. By loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. So what's the key to life? I just read it. <laughs> I just read it. The key to life is, is obeying God. It's, it's uh, choosing to love God and to obey him and commit ourselves firmly. Not just casually. Well, you know, God knows how I feel about him. Firmly. Committing our lives firmly to him, which means I love his word. I make time daily for his word. I pray and talk to him regularly because he's my Lord. Life and death is, is set before us, he says here. Blessings and cursings, 
Why does he say that? Because we have a choice. And the way we choose is what we tend to. We can tend to the word of God, which will bring the blessings and bring life, or we can neglect the word of God, that, 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 that force, that, that life-giving force. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, the tongue can bring death or life to those who talk. Those who love to talk <laughs> will reap the consequences. Bottom line is, is we have to watch what we say. And it's, don't, don't boil it down to that. Oh, it's just watch your words. Okay, because it's not just words we say. It's words that we say out of here. Not just words that we just off the top of our head like a breath meant. Well, I love God. Really, tell me about it. What do you mean? I just did. I, I love God. So anyway, what time do we eat? No, no, tell me about what you just mean by that. Why, it's what? what are you talking about? You said you, you love God. Yeah, yeah, I love God. So, so anyway, what did you do yesterday? No, tell me out of your heart. It's not just what we say out of the top of our head. We can be like a bunch of hamsters. Hamsters, is that the right thing? These things that get on the wheel and they run and they run and they're going nowhere. We can be like one of those creatures that do nothing except for stay in its path and stay in its little maze and, and we do the things because we can do those things mindlessly. But God does not want us to be mindless believers saying the right things. He wants us to out of our heart. Let me tell you what a relationship grows and dies by, what flows out of our heart. It doesn't flow by the things that we can, can make ourselves say. I can make myself say that. Well, don't make yourself say it. Say it out of your heart. Say stuff out of your heart. Speak from your heart. Life and death. Life and death. It flows from our heart. Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read a few verses here. Garrett, I don't know, bro. I'm going to uh, maybe try to hit a few of these things. I'm going to jump around. Starting in verse 1, going down to verse 20, I'm just going to kind of hit this a little bit. When Paul uh, went to the synagogue and preached boldly, I'm sorry, this is verse 8. This is verse 8. He had, he had gone to Ephesus, okay? I trimmed this down right before service. Uh, Paul goes uh, to, to Ephesus, and it says he went to the synagogue, and he preached boldly for the next three months. Three months. For some people, that's a year's worth of services. If he only preached every few days. Just saying. For the next three months, he stood there and he preached and he taught the word of God. And it says, uh, arguing persuasively, or the other translation says, reasoning and persuading things concerning the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn. That is not us. Jesus, help, it, help us not to be us. But some became stubborn. Rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. Now, what, what was the way? I'll say this quickly. The way was the method to salvation. It was the method to eternal life. The method, method to have a relationship with God. He was talking to Jews that knew how to keep the rules and knew how to talk out of their head. They knew, oh yeah, uh, you know, they, they had the first five books of the law memorized. They could speak it. The, the Pharisees anyway, they could speak it. They knew it, but it was not in their heart. It was all in their head. It was things that they just said, but they never pondered. They never meditated on it. We knew a guy, uh, golly, this has got to be 40 years ago. Uh, his name was Cecil. Uh, loved this guy. He was such an inspiration in the early days when I first met him. And, and uh, he, was, he was a Marine, and he had like almost the whole New 
Testament memorized. He was in the navigators in the military. And they had this amazing group of young men that came to the church at that time. And they were sold out. And, I mean, they just loved God. And, and, and man, they were committed. And they were a, a, such a help and such, uh, they were just great guys. And Cecil had almost, I mean, think about it, almost the whole New Testament memorized. Not just he was familiar with it, memorized. He could stand here and just quote it. So much, well over half of the New Testament. He could stand there and just quote it. Inspired us. Inspired us. But you know something? Something happened in Cecil's life back in those days. I don't know exactly what. Why maybe I do. It was pride. Pride came in because eventually he walked away from his marriage and he went a different direction and he basically just kind of cut off the church, cut off fellowship, cut off anything to do with believers. And But when you would run into him somewhere, he'd answer you with the verse. He would answer you with the scripture, you know? He would just, you know, you, how you doing? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah, amen. You know what? It was coming out of here. It wasn't coming out of here. It was coming out of here. We can have so much head knowledge that absolutely does us no good. You know where the you know where this the word that we're supposed to get is supposed to get into our heart, not just into our head. And this is where it starts. I get it. This is where we ponder it. We we get it in and we 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 uh, assimilate it and we we get bite sized and we get to the point where we can can remember it and then we begin to let it drop down and it begins to grow and it begins to take life. We begin to see and view and visualize ourselves in what the word of God is saying. What does that mean to me? I don't know. You know what? That's because we're just looking at it from here. But when we look at it in our heart, when we look at what the word of God grew mightily and prevailed, what does that mean? Well, it just means that they memorized a lot of verses and they were just, they could answer the devil when the devil comes. They could just give him a verse. Well, maybe, but it means more than that. It means that when, see, I heard this story this past week of a, it was a, a man and his mom had cancer and uh, she had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and the word cancer was capital C, capital A, capital N, capital C, capital E-R, cancer, capitalized, bold, cancer. I'm not saying anybody tells us that that's what it is, but that's, if we receive it like that, then that's the, that's the big thing. Then we, we, we tend to, we tend to that word. I'm not saying we ignore the word. I'm just saying it becomes the biggest thing in our life. It, 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 it increases, it multiplies, and it begins to prevail in our world. Now, I'm just using this illustration to say what happened. So this, this man said his mom, who was a she was just a massive believer. And the devil took her on. And she began, uh, he said that she went and she got like 40 scriptures, healing scriptures, different verses. And she made sure she memorized them and had them in her heart. And she would speak those and she would pray those through the day. She had them on the wall and she would pray them and she'd declare them and she would say them. And eventually it took a while, but cancer became small. See, A. C-E-R. He said, and the thing was, the Lord healed her and delivered her. Now, here's the thing. 
I'm not trying to throw condemnation because sometimes people don't recover from that. I'm not saying that. We're bad people. We're weak people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for those that are here today, the word of God will grow and prevail in your life if you tend to it. If, you don't, if we don't tend to it, then it's just something we like, something we love, something we believe, something we will argue about. Oh, I believe the word of God from I believe that people can have a demon. Oh, I believe that people can speak in tongues. Oh, I believe that Christians can have a demon. I believe all, all this stuff. Who cares? If we tend to it, it will grow mightily and it will prevail in our life. I know people that got saved and were born again the same time I did. And I don't know where they are now. I run into some of them. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying that God graced me with some amazing people. Pastor Joe and Rita, Pastor Tom and Noel Messer, Pastor Jack, Carol Haynes, people, many of you here, that walked, we walked shoulder to shoulder and we tended to the word of God. And it, it began to grow. And it began to grow. And it began to grow. And it began to grow mightily. And it changed my life. And I think that I'm just giving you my story, but I'm looking at people that have been in this walk for a long time. Been in this walk a long time. And this is not something, oh, I got to start doing it. No, 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 I'm not saying that you're not doing it. You're here, and you're, I'm telling you, some of you could tell stories and testimonies, and you probably should, you need to. Tell others about your journey. Tell others about how you have tended to the word of God. The word of God grows mightily and prevails if we tend to it. If we don't tend to it, it's just a nice story. It's just a nice thing that we believe and we love. Hold my Bible. I love it. Oh, I love my Bible. But is it in here? Are we tending to it? It's not about me just giving mental assent. Yeah, I believe in it. I believe in it all. How does it apply? How does this verse apply to your life? I don't know that it does. It all applies in one way or another. Anyway, this story goes on. Paul goes and he preaches for three months and then uh, people became stubborn and began talking against him. And then it says, so Paul left the synagogue and he took believers with him and then he held daily discussions, daily. Man, they're getting crazy now. It's a daily dis discussion. He was teaching these young believers how to have a relationship with God, how to tend to the word how to cause the word of God to get, take root in their life and in their heart. Daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years. These guys were maniacs. They were maniacs. Now, I, I'm sure they didn't come together and have, uh, you know, like a worship service and they, they gathered and, and they didn't just talk about the weather. I love talking about the weather, especially when it cools off. But I'm going to tell you something. The weather is going to come, and the weather is going to go. But when we give time and tend to the Word of God, Joe was sharing this morning about a, a, a couple of, uh, took some time. I, Joe does this. He's got some guys in his life that he loves and cares about. And Pastor Ralph is one of those guys that he invested his life, a lot of his life in. And, and the thing is, Joe was telling me how he, 
uh, I was thinking about a man that uh, he had invested in, and well, he had gone down to visit one, one brother, just love on him and just spend some time studying the Word, just talk about Jesus, have some discussions with him. And then from there, he went over and he met with somebody else that he hadn't seen in, would you say, Joe, a couple years? A couple years. And the thing is, is Joe's investment that he had made in that man, he was met with, I mean, I don't know if it was little open arms, but he was really happy to see Joe. I want you to know, you know, it's, it's not just existing and living in. I'm just going to not do a bunch of bad things. Good for you. That's not, that's not even like, as a Christian, I just, I swear off bad things. Okay, whatever. It's about us tending to the word of God. And not just in a vacuum. I, I, I do it by myself. And I, and I, no, we do it by ourselves. Yes, we, we, we have our devotional time, our time to, with God and our prayer. But then we also have to take, it's hard to take something out of your head that's meaningful. And, and impact anybody because it almost comes across as just, you know, useless facts. Well, yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah, me too, me too, yeah, okay. But when it comes out of your heart, it's personal and it begins to take, you. the life of God in you begins to take the scriptures and God takes your spirit and he puts a little bit of spirit, your spirit on them. And your spirit gets on them. And then they, are, they, they don't really understand exactly why. All I know is I am grateful for every time Pastor Messer and Sister Messer and Pastor Joe and Rita and different ones laid hands on me and prayed for me when I was a young believer. Because you know what? They were putting some of their spirit on me because it weren't out of their head. It was coming out of their heart. That's who we are, church. We're not just people that have a belief system. We are people that believe that the word of God is supposed to grow mightily and prevail. Not just, we're not going to let, we're not going to let them stomp out the Bible. People can do that if they want to. They can try that if they want to. After it's all said and done, not one period, not one crossed T, not one dot, nothing from the scripture is going to be gone. God will watch over his word. We don't have to protect the word of God from people who are trying to stomp it out. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's the thing. What about take my Bible? I got it in here. I got it in here. We got to get it inside. Well, what if they come in? I don't want to talk about that. It's like, I think we have to take some steps back. And the question I want everyone to ask yourself this morning is this. What is growing and prevailing in your life? You just, you, you can take time to ponder that. If there's a question today that I would like for you to ponder is what is growing. And I'm not saying that, that it, it can only be the, uh, the Bible. It can be, you know, thoughts of the future. and that. But the word of God has to be at the core of our existence as believers. It has to be that we filter everything we do through God's plan and God's promises and God's love and God's wisdom, that God will give us wisdom and we put it in our heart. What does the scripture say about your life and how does it apply to you? I think... That's the thing. That's the thing this morning that I want us to ponder. What is growing and prevailing in your life? I'll tell you what, really, there was a great harvest, a great crop planted several years ago. And it was a, it was a bunch of seeds of fear that were sown. 
Seeds of fear were sown all over the world. I'm talking about with COVID. And, and I'm not going to get into the, to the, uh, you know, the, the conspiracy stuff. I'm just saying this. I know how the devil works. It's the same thing as when you go to the doctor or you open up that bank statement. And you're going, oh, my gosh, how did this happen? You know, fear tries to get a grip on our life. I want you to know today, you control what prevails in your life. We all do. We have to choose it. We absolutely have to choose it. Let me, let me uh, jump down here to uh, one more verse. Okay, let me hit, give, me, give you one or two more verses quickly. Uh, Luke 8, 11 says that this talk, he's given the definition of the explanation for the, for the parable of the sower. And I've shared this before, so I'm not going to take a lot of time with it. But the seed... The parable, the sower goes out to sow seed, and he sows, and he sows, and he sows. And he says, guys, the seed is the word of God. That's what Jesus said, Luke 8, 11. The seed is the word of God. Oh, oh, I thought it might have been like corn or something. No, it's the word of God. In Mark chapter 4, verse 13, he, he says this. He says, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Talking about the parable of the sower. He says, how then will you understand all of the parables, all of the things that are coming at us, the things that I say to you, if it's just, you know, just head knowledge, well, then who cares? But let's continue on. It says, verse 14, the sower sows the, sows the word. Verse 15, it says, these are the ones that are by the wayside where the word is sown. And then he says, when they hear, are you hearing me this morning? Thank you. Are you hearing me this morning? You need to hear God's voice this morning. And if you happen to hear something that I say that God, see, when I told you about the verse, I heard a man say that, but God spoke it to my heart, and it got in my heart. He says, he says, and, and uh, when they hear, uh, when the word of God is sown, when they hear, when they hear the word, Satan comes immediately to take the word that is sown, out of their heads? No, out of their heart. Out of their heart, not their head. Man, I got so much stuff rattling around in here. But the thing, you know, and I, I got to quit. And my wife says, you sure do. Uh, he comes to, to take the word. He doesn't care if you have fear in your heart. The devil doesn't come to take fear out of your heart. He doesn't come to take hope out of it. Well, he does hope. He doesn't come to take, uh, you know, uh, disappointment and, and, and discouragement out of your heart. He, he'll take your courage and he'll give you a little bit of discouragement. And he'll say, let's let that grow and prevail in you. The devil wants to sow seeds of fear and unbelief and heartache, and heartbreak. He wants to sow seed. But I want you to know this morning, we're the ones that control. And I'll give you one last thought, and I'm going to pray. The way, the reason why seed can't find good soil is because it becomes hard soil. It becomes hardened. It's like you can take seed, and you can, like, throwing it out on a sidewalk and watering it. I don't care how much water you put on seed that's on the sidewalk. It's not, it'll fall in the crack and maybe a root, but then eventually it's going to just burn up because of the sun. But the thing is, is uh, the, the condition of our heart is what determines the growability of the seed in our life. The seed's good. And the way, and I'll leave you with this,
The way we prepare our heart is through praise. We break up fallow ground, hard ground. We break up ground that is, it's so hard and so compacted that nothing happens with praise. And if you think I'm not telling you the truth, take about 15 minutes every morning and begin to praise God. Begin to worship God. Take some time. Make a commitment to start praising God on your way to work or while you're in the shower. I mean, literally, thank you, Lord. I exalt your name. There's none above you. You're the God of all gods. You find your own words. You, 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 you pray and you praise and you exalt God with your own heart and your own words. Tell him how, about his goodness and his greatness. And you know what happens? Your heart begins to change. And then when you hear the word, that seed goes, oh, yeah. I used to take a walk with a guy... Brad Heath. Brad and I, Brad used to be the principal of our school here years ago. And Brad and I would go out and walk. Uh, we, we said we were running, but usually we just walked. But we would go out and we would do the canal bank down on anyway. And um, one morning I went out and it was a morning like this, you know, really cool in the morning and nice and just a little bit uh, humidity. I mean, everything felt so good. It was so nice. And anyway, got out there and I, uh, he came by the house, and I said, man, my plants are happy today. And he goes, oh, you have happy plants. I said, I looked at him like, is that a question? I said, of course I have happy plants. He said, oh, you talk to your plants? I said, all the time. Now, I know, silly illustration, but the thing is, the Word of God will cause happiness to grow in your life and joy and peace and fulfillment and hope. And, and uh, longs, the ability to stand long and to not lose heart and self-control. Self-control. This morning, let me just take a minute and pray because I believe the devil comes immediately t- to steal, to take the word that God wants to sow into our heart. And I believe God wants to sow a word, whatever that word is today, I don't know. But God wants to sow some words into your heart today.